Here we are on angels. What are angels? Why did God create them? Do you have, if you need an outline, hold up your hand. Nope. We're good. Everybody have an outline? Okay. And this is the second half of the schedule from last week. All right. Here's the tentative schedule where we're going. And uh, this is, um, I'm working through this book, Systematic Theology. We'll be on chapter 19, Angels, the rest of it today. And then starting uh, next week, uh, chapter 20 on Satan and demons. And I think that'll Take us two weeks uh, going through the Bible's teaching on that subject. And then uh, so we, we did doctrine of God and then doctrine of creation and then God's relationship to the creation uh, in providence. And then we talked about prayer and miracles and God's relationship to the creation. And then, uh, and then we talked about uh, angels, uh, created beings, and then fallen angels will be Satan and demons. And then we get to talk about man, man as male and female, man made in the image of God. What does that mean, that we're in God's image? And then we skip March 4th, then go on March 11th, uh, man as male and female, and we'll talk about um, how we're similar and how we're different as men and women, according to Scripture. And then what, what are we made of? That, uh, that'll be the next uh, topic, chapter 23. Are we just physical bodies, or are we bodies and souls, or are we bodies and souls and spirits? And what is soul and what is spirit? So that'll be, that's kind of technically called the constituent nature of man. And then chapter 24, sin, we start March 25th, if we keep right on schedule. And uh, that'll take, sin takes a long time to talk about. So <laughs> that'll take maybe two or three or four weeks. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, we have doctrine of man in the image of God. Then what happened to us while well, we sinned? And then... And then we get into the doctrine of Christ after that. So that's where we're going. Angels summary from last week. Angels are created spiritual beings. Spiritual, not physical beings. With moral judgment. Um, they can decide right and wrong. And with high intelligence. But without physical bodies. I, I said that last time. Uh, they can from time to time assume a physical body. <clears throat> and appear uh, in a physical body. But that isn't part of their nature. I'm going to go over this by review quickly through the outline A1A. <clears throat> Angels are created spiritual beings. In fact, they're created is reported in a number of verses that says God made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, or made all their host, or that he created things visible and invisible. They exercise moral judgment because some of them sinned. They have high intelligence because they're able to carry messages from God and converse with human beings. Um, but they are spirits without physical bodies. Um, and uh, we can't see them. But sometimes they temporarily take on human bodily form. And then sometimes God gives the ability to see them, opening people's eyes to see into the spiritual dimension. And uh, I talked about how uh, you know sometimes you can put on these special... Uh, goggles or lenses or glasses uh, to see the different colors that were on the page that you didn't know were there before until there was a filter on it. So in that way, somehow, I think God has created our eyes so that we don't naturally see in that spiritual realm. But occasionally in Scripture, he has, what said, opened people's eyes. He's let, the, let them see in the spiritual realm, and so they can see what's going on um, and uh, realize that angels are all around. So that was... Uh, the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw, or Elisha's servant at Dothan we talked about, and all of a sudden there the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about 
Elisha. Number of number of other names for angels. I'll just look at your outline there. Sometimes they're called sons of God or holy ones or spirits or watchers or thrones, dominions, principalities, and authorities. And then there there are, in addition to angels, there are other kinds of heavenly beings in Scripture. And we talked about these cherubs or cherubim, uh, who who guarded the path into the Garden of Eden and um, who. Uh, it says God comes and he, he appears uh, on the wings of the cherub, cherubim and the seraphim who are around God's throne crying out, holy, 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 and the living creatures of different sorts. Then uh, there's rank and order among the angels. Uh, there are specific angels uh, mentioned as having uh, authority. They have, there are archangels or, or angels with higher authority. We talked about that last week. And the names of specific angels, um, Michael is named and Gabriel is named. Only those two, apart from Satan, are named in the books of the Bible. Now, in literature outside the Bible and in uh, kind of um, what literature and mythology and things, there are other names given to angels, but these are the only two that we know for sure uh, from Scripture. Angels, let's see, Michael and Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And then um, they're finite beings. They're not, they're not divine. They're not infinite. So they're only in one place at one time. And they, they go from place to place. How many angels? A lot. Uh, I'm just kind of going quickly. <laughs> um, angels, uh, are there... Now, somebody asked me about this afterward. Um, I said, are there individual guardian angels? There are no convincing spiritual, scriptural support. Um, I don't mean that we don't have angels protecting us. I just meant that there isn't one angel per person. Um, that's, uh, I don't think there's anything in the Bible that says that. But, you know, there could be, in, in, in a room of 150 people, there could be just one or two angels playing zone. Um, so uh, so I, I just don't want to go beyond what Scripture says. Angels do not marry, it seems like, from Matthew twenty-two thirty, and I don't think they bear offspring like we do. Uh, the power of angels, it talks about them being great in power. Um, and then we talked about that last week. I'm just kind of reviewing now. And then sometimes the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is God himself, and sometimes it's just a messenger from God, and we have to decide from context. So that was... Um, that was, uh, that was point A last week. What are angels? Kind of defining them. When were angels created? Well, sometime they were created. They didn't always exist. Sometime before the seventh day of creation, maybe on the first day of creation. And we looked at those passages last week, but God hasn't given a lot of detail on this. Then angels rebelled before the fall because um, Satan was an evil angel tempting Eve right there in Genesis 3. Okay, now... Uh, now we get to the back page of your outline, and um, I, I, I began to cover this last week, um, but uh, this, is, this is kind of the so what. Why did God make these things, and what's, what's the benefit to us from knowing about them? First, angels show the greatness of God's love and plan, and again, this is from last week. Um, uh, we are more like God than angels, because angels are never said to be made in the image of God. So as great and wonderful as angels are, we are amazingly uh, greater in certain ways. Uh, they are never said to be made in the image of God, which is the, 
which means they're more, we are more like God than anything that he made. And um, there are indications that we will judge angels and have authority over angels. Their spirits sent forth to serve for our benefit. So that's amazing. Um, angels cannot bear children, but human beings have the ability to bear children and have descendants. And have even, even people who don't themselves uh, bear children have families, extended families and relatives. And there are those family relationships which... Apparently, angels do not share in. And then, God's love for mankind is shown in the fact that no angels were ever saved. Now, again, someone asked me about this afterward last week, and I want to clarify. There are good angels who never sin, of course, and they remain good. But of the angels who sinned, God didn't save any. He didn't send his son to become an angel, to uh, die for angels' sins, to redeem angels, uh, um, God the Son didn't become um, a, a, a person who was both God and angel. He became a person who was both God and man. So that shows an amazing, uh, the amazing wonder of God's love for us and his plan for our salvation, that uh, even though these angels are wonderful creatures that God has made, yet uh, when they sinned, he didn't, he didn't redeem any of them, but he redeemed us. And that, I think, uh, should cause us to be amazed. Okay, that was, that was from last week. Now, um, now I want to pick up here on point two, which is just, I think that's just what I, the last point I mentioned last week, is angels remind us that the unseen world is real. And deep down, I think that's why this topic is interesting to us. Because it says, God is at work in invisible ways. And when we get a little information about that, it causes us to stand in awe and wonder and thanksgiving. And it, it causes us to realize um, the world is now out of control. Evil is not going to triumph. But God is at work, and he's in work in invisible ways that we don't realize in thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of ways, through his angelic messengers around the world. And we, get, we read the Bible, and we see that God is working in these invisible ways, and occasionally people get a glimpse into it. And then from time to time, I think, even at the present time, people occasionally have a vision of an angel or see an angel. And all of a sudden, wow, all this stuff that the Bible says about the invisible spiritual realm, it's real. And we know it's real, but when you see an angel, well, I haven't. But I've talked to people who have, talked about some last week, and uh, like, this, like this family that I knew where the 10-year-old boy saw these angels out in the backyard day after day, I think protecting the family where they were, they were involved in a, in a very intense spiritual conflict in another country. And so it was a reassurance. It's a, it's a reminder that the unseen world is real. There was a, they had a, couple, of, a couple of books by Frank Peretti, um, this Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness. I don't know if any of you read those a number of years ago. But Peretti, in a fictional way, but a way that was consistent with Scripture, started telling the story of these ordinary people in this town and then evil coming into the town and then these angels coming, being sent by God, to, to uh, try to counteract the activity of evil. And uh, he was talking about it as if it was so real that you believed it was real. And I think that encouraged people. And the book, of course, was... a. Anybody, this present darkness, and a lot of people have read it. 
And what happens is your heart kind of is stirred up to think, ah, oh, there's more to this world than I realize. God has things going on here that we don't see. This, this present darkness, piercing the darkness. And the author is Peretti, P-E-R-E-T-T-I. And they're really good. Now, it came out 10, 12 years ago, but they kept selling thousands of copies. So, they remind us that the unseen world is real. The Acts 23, 8, the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. I just put the, some people today are like the Sadducees. They just think that the material world is all there is. Um, that's... <laughs> Most of Pammy's comments I repeat for the sake of the tape. She said, that's why they're sad, you see. I, I shouldn't have repeated that, but I did. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, now, they believed in God, but they didn't believe in a lot of this other... And so they were kind of like semi-liberals uh, in terms of unbelief. Theological liberals. <laughs> then uh, 2 Kings 6.17, Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elijah, Elisha. And I've read that a dozen times probably. And every time I read it, it stirs up my heart. And I say, oh Lord, I suppose that means that there are angels protecting us, protecting me, protecting Scottsdale Bible Church today. And we just don't see them. Uh, but keeping the enemy at bay, uh, uh, protecting people in time of danger, protecting us from attack, from demonic forces. Not that, not that there's no evil or no uh, attack that comes into our life, but that many, many times we are saved from much more than we realize, and, uh, and that this is real. And when we come in worship, Hebrews 12, 22, you've come to Mount Zion. That is, there's a, here, a heavenly reality, and the author says, you've come to innumerable angels in festal gathering. So that, that, I think that's one of the reasons that God created angels and made them invisible, but gave us testimony about them in Scripture and gives people from time to time the ability to see them or encounter angels, it stirs up our heart to the fact that the realm in which God works is real and it's much bigger than we can see with our eyes. And so these television shows, I've watched a few times this show, Touched by an Angel or something like that. Why was that so popular? Because people have a hunger in their heart to know that there's a spiritual reality out here that's bigger than just the physical world that we see. And I think it kind of... Um, I don't know, just kind of stirred up people's hearts to make them realize that. Um, angels are examples for us. Well, they obey God and they worship God perfectly. And so, uh, and so we can be encouraged to do so as well. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, angels and the saints who have gone before obey and worship God perfectly. Then, number four, angels carry out some of God's plans. The Greek word angelos uh, means messenger. In Hebrew word malak means messenger as well. So the basic 
name that is most frequently given to these creatures is messenger. They come as sent by God to carry out his, to, to deliver messages or carry out some of his plans. So, <clears throat> um, Acts 8.26, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go down toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. That's Acts 8.26. So, an angel is just telling Philip, go do this. Or sometimes God sends them as messengers of judgment. And so 2 Chronicles 32.21, And the Lord sent an angel who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. The Assyrians thought, well, we've destroyed all these other nations. We're going to destroy Israel too. And they come and they camp and they're, they're about to overrun the people of Israel. And then... In response to his people's prayer, God sends an angel and destroys them. He says, you may have overrun other nations, but these are my people, and it's not going to happen here. And pow, thousands of them all of a sudden um, are are put to death by the angel who comes in judgment. And there are a number of other times in the Bible where um, a, a destroying angel, an avenging angel, an angel brings judgment. Now again, just as, <clears throat> just as our hearts are, are kind of encouraged or thrilled to see these angels that were there protecting Elisha from the Syrian army in the Old Testament, so when we realize there are angels that protect God's people and even bring judgment, <clears throat> I think it encourages our hearts to say uh, God's plans will be accomplished and evil will be dealt with. And I think that the reason that that's exciting or encouraging to us is God has made our hearts so that we delight to see great power combined with holiness and justice. Um, uh, in November, a couple of, two, three months ago, <clears throat> Margaret and I were in Washington, D.C., and the morning we were leaving, we were taking a cab to the airport, going along one of these roads, and uh, it was a Saturday morning. And um, as we were driving along, I, I, I just noticed these two men who apparently had ju- just stopped a really hard run, and they were just walking, but they were just sweating. And, and, and they, were, they were just massive. <laughs> I mean, they, they had to be... Uh, um, Secret Service or CIA or something, but they were just huge. And you could see, because they were just in running shorts and, and these t-shirts, and they were dripping wet with sweat, and they looked like they had, they had a good workout. And then, I, and then I looked the other direction, I saw the U.S. Capitol. And I thought, I'm glad they're on our side. <laughs> that is, when we see power and strength combined with defending what is good, it, it feels right. Am I, ma- am I making sense here? And, um, and the, these, uh, these Secret Service agents or these um, Navy SEALs or, <clears throat> or whatever they were, they, they weren't ordinary guys. Um, they, um, they were defending our nation. They were doing what is right. Well, angels are more powerful than that, and there are a lot more of them. And so 
when we see in Scripture that they go forth to bring judgment on evil, that is also an encouragement to us. And I think God put this information there so that we could be encouraged that even today, God is at work. He's at work in invisible ways that we don't always see. But these angels are mighty. And God can send them forth and a thousand, a thousand enemies are put to death. And so we stand in awe that they're on our side and they're doing right. We delight to see great power combined with holiness and justice. And when uh, Jesus comes back in judgment, Matthew 16, 27, the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. That is, Jesus is going to come with angels to help him carry out judgment. In a similar way, angels patrol the earth. Zechariah 1, 10 to 11. So the man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered, These are they whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. And they answered the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees and said, We have patrolled the earth. And behold, all the earth remains at rest. They were keeping watch. They were protecting. They were guarding. In addition to protecting God's people from evil human beings who would harm them, angels also war against demonic forces. I don't know why. For some reason, God has decided that he, he just won't, in a second, destroy all the demonic forces in the world and remove all evil from it. He's allowed, <clears throat> he's allowed for reasons known to himself, He's allowed for this age that there are demonic forces, evil forces, in the world. And they are at work, and they bring great harm to people. But then God has sent angels to war against them and to protect us against them. And there's conflict going on. Daniel 10, 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. I think that means a demon who was having great influence over the kingdom of Persia. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia. Uh, so um, they, 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 they war, they battle against demonic forces. And then angels will proclaim Christ's coming. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, at some time in the future. We don't know. Could be today. Could be next week. Might or might not be in our lifetimes. But sometime the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And so this, this angel is going to proclaim, the king returns. He's going to proclaim, the Lord is coming to the earth. I don't know, I don't know what he'll say. But he'll, he'll proclaim, he'll announce the coming of Jesus. And angels proclaim future judgments. So in Revelation 18, John, Revelation 18, 1 and 2, John says, After this I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. And the earth was made bright with his glory, and he called out with a mighty voice. And this is something that's going to happen in the future. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. But the angel proclaims, God's destroying her now, bringing all this evil to an end. Um, 
all the, the world system and the evils that are opposing the people of God. And the angels will proclaim that it has fallen. And then angels do something else. They directly glorify God, and they delight in that, just as we delight in worshiping God, so they do. So uh, Revelation 4.8, these living creatures that we talked about last week, the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So they're praising that. Uh, the living creatures are praising and glorifying God day and night, never cease to say. You know, sometimes you can, I don't know if you've ever been traveling and you, and you uh, are in a strange city. Sometimes this has happened to us in England in particular. You're in a strange city and you go into a city and all of a sudden you see this old church and then you want to go in the church and you open the door and you peek in the door and there's, there's a choir practicing. It's absolutely beautiful music. And there's worship of God going on in there. And you go and just sit and listen. And so here's a little peek into what's going on in heaven. There's worship of God going on there. With music greater than, and more beautiful than we could imagine. And they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. And not only the angels, but the seraphim, calling out in Isaiah 6, 3, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's going on right now. <clears throat> we don't see it. We don't hear it. The Bible tells us about it to remind us that it's real and it's going on continually in God's presence in heaven. <clears throat> Angels rejoice and worship God particularly when a person becomes a Christian. Luke 15, 10, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. If you think of how you feel when you have opportunity to pray with someone to trust in Christ, or if you're present when someone puts his or her trust in Christ, there's a special spiritual joy that's 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 unique and i and i think that maybe god is just kind of letting us feel the influence of the rejoicing of angels in the salvation of someone who who comes to know christ <clears throat> in these frank paretti books that i mentioned i think it's the second one piercing the darkness where it's been a long time so i'm not remembering all the details but it seems to me that one of the one of the main characters in the story is a, is a, is a newspaper reporter, uh, a woman who is not a believer, but she's, I can't remember if it's a woman or a man, I think it's a woman who's not a believer, but she's, she keeps coming into contact with these Christians. And then partway through the book, she's walking in a city and she just feels like she, she needs to trust in Christ and she's in, out in this park and she kind of kneels down and prays and puts her trust in Christ. And then Peretti says, and there was a circle of angels around her, kneeling and rejoicing. And there's, I think they are, that's just a picture of how they are greatly filled with joy when someone comes to salvation. In fact, 1 Peter 1.12 says about the Old Testament prophets, it says it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you, the Old Testament writers. Uh, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news 
to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. What are those things? Things into which angels long to look are the things that have now been announced to you. Well, yeah, that's the story of Christ dying for our sins and fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. But I think the things that have now been announced to you would have to include how the message of the gospel applies to your life today, or the life of the Peter's readers. And so I think the things is not just the truths of the Bible, but their application to life. And so I think Peter is saying or implying that angels long to look not just into the content of Scripture as it's proclaimed, but into the content of how it applies to uh, Frank's life. I see Frank up here in the front row. Or Jack's life in the second row. Uh, and, uh, and how it applies to each individual's life. Uh, that angels delight in seeing that, how scripture applies to people's lives and how, how, um, how, um, how God's purpose works out in our lives. And angels rejoice as they see uh, what God is doing in our lives today. They, they rejoice in that. Okay, so that's, now I'll stop there. This is uh, the place, before I talk about our relationship to angels. You want to talk about any of this? The place of angels in God's purpose. They show the greatness of God's love and plan, number one. They remind us that the unseen world is real, number two. Number three, they're examples for us. Number four, they carry out God's plans. And number five, they directly glorify God. So that's a a lot of things, a lot of reasons that God has put angels um, in the world. Carol. Hold on. I have a friend from our previous church, and I still get the prayer requests of our class there. And it seems like the last two months, at least three of the prayer requests I remember vividly, that this friend of mine seems to come to the rescue. And, I mean, it's like she's an angel in what she's doing. Yeah. I, I know the Holy Spirit's guiding her, and she's just full of love for the Lord, but yep. I just think of her as being an angel and answering the needs of these prayers. Yeah. Does she have children? Grown children. children. I don't think she's an angel then. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, what you're saying is, we, I'm joking with you a little bit, um, we do, when we see what angels are like, then we see they continually do good, and they're sent by God to help, to minister, ministering spirits for the sake of those who are to abstain salvation. And we see people acting like that, we can apply the word angel to them. So I think, yeah, you're, that's right. But, but let me say something else, Carol. There have been times in my life where I've been... Where I, I've just gotten to know someone a little bit, but not too much, and then the person cycles out of your life again. And I've every once in a while wondered, I wonder if, I wonder if that person was for real or if that was an angel. See, that just seemed like you know, a visitor to our class for a month. Or, do you know what I mean? I've just wondered. And they bring a lot of good, and they help, and then they're gone. And you don't know. Okay, I think there's some Bible passage in Hebrews that encourages us to think that way. I'll get to that in a few minutes. But Okay, now, Sandy. Um, I would just like your opinion, your thoughts on this 
exaltation of angels phenomenon that has occurred in, oh, especially the last decade, where there are all kinds of books about connecting with your angel. Oh. Um, there are, I've been in places where there are entire stores devoted to um, all sorts of things having to do with angels. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's been interesting for me to observe, and I have thoughts about it, but I didn't, I'd be interested to know what yeah. yours are. <laughs> I, can, I think your thoughts and my thoughts are going to be very similar, Sandy. <clears throat> no, I, I was not really aware of that, but, but now that you say it, I think, yeah, like in Barnes & Noble or Borders or something. And here's the thing. Any doctrine, you can fall off on the left side or the right side and make a mistake, and and you fall off on the left side, I think it's, hey, there's nothing except the physical world. There's no spiritual reality at all. You can become a Sadducee. And then the right side is, you go overboard and emphasize this so much, you forget about God. And um, I mentioned in a positive way this show, Touched by an Angel. But who's missing from that? Jesus. From that show. Because it's too offensive to some people. And who's missing from that? Generally, God. It's just kind of... So angels are... I mean, they're kind of a safe substitute for God for people who don't want to believe the whole Bible. So then we have to watch out for that. And then... And then... This kind of gets into the following week. But angels disguise themselves... Or Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So... Um, how do we know this is not... If it's a spiritual manifestation, how do we know it's not a demonic manifestation too, leading people into false doctrine or fear or something like that, or superstition. Good morning. Yeah, thanks, Sandy. Wayne. Yeah. Uh, Wayne over here, Keith. Yep. Yeah, hi. Keith. Uh, getting back to uh, angels as created beings and th that don't procreate, do you have a sense that God in eternity past created the a finite number, the legions of angels, and that was it? I think or do so. you think he's continually creating angels? Okay, that's one of those things where I've got an instinct of something I've thought for a long time, and I think that is he just created them all at once and that's done. Now, to give you reason why I think that, I'm just going to have to dredge in my brain and see if there's anything there for a minute. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's partly, he didn't spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of nether gloom to be kept until the judgment. It's partly this First Timothy passage where Paul talks about, I command you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels, thinking that there's a, a certain group of angels who are elect, they're chosen, they're, 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 they're preserved in righteousness, they're not going to sin. Um, and then it's just the absence of any indication that God creates any new ones or that they, 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 they uh, re reproduce. Um, so I think they were just all created at once. Not sure. Um, E.G. Well, if he had kept creating them, yeah. uh, that would infer that none of them would have sinned. Ah. Maybe. If he keeps creating new ones... Maybe there's no more. I think there's only, it seems like there's just one incident of, of rebellion of angels. Yeah. Of the fall. A fall of angels. So it yeah. couldn't, have, couldn't keep happening. Couldn't, doesn't keep which happening. Would, yeah. Which would put the case that they were all created at once. Yeah, I suspect so. Okay. Wayne, um, over here. Laverne. Laverne. 
just recently, I think I had an encounter with an angel, and what happened was is on New Year's morning, my mother, 91, who lives with us, uh, took ill, and we had a 911, and we took her to the hospital, and then a few days later, she got better, yeah. and my husband went out of town, and that day, they put her into rehab, and three hours later, she had a massive heart attack. Well, she had a spell. And they rushed her to emergency, and so I was called to go to emergency, and it was late at night. And she was laying there. She had a directive. She didn't want to be brought back to life. And um, she was, they were paddling her with a paddle, and this was all alarming to me because I'd never seen anything like this. And, um, and they said, should we let her go, or should we put a ventilator in her? And I didn't know what to say, and so I was very upset, and I said... Well, I know she doesn't want to be put on artificial things. Is a ventilator something permanent, or what is it? You know, and so and he was not here, and so anyway, I said, well, I don't want her to die like this. She was, you know, like a, flopping all over. It was horrible, and so they put a ventilator in her, and then they brought her over to a uh, where I was standing on a stretcher, and uh, she was crying, and she was going like this. No, no. And I didn't know really, I was supposing what she might be saying. And I looked down, I was there all by myself. I looked down at the foot of the bed, and there was this beautiful, blonde-headed, little short lady. She was about 40-ish. And I said, you know, I don't know if I did the right thing or not. And she looked me dead in the eye, and she says, yes, you did the right thing. You did exactly the right thing. You did, you did what I would have done, and that was the right thing. And then about that time, my daughter came in, and... So I, so I said to everybody in there, where is that lady? I want to talk to that lady. There was nobody in emergency that had blonde hair that was short like this. And so later I was telling Art about it. Since he's a doctor, I thought he ought to know something, you know, what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and his first response was, well, Laverne, you know, it was an angel. I've seen this many times. Really? And so I really believe that angel was sent to comfort me. My mother passed away on January 10th. Wow. So, but I just was really relaxed in letting that happen because yeah. whatever she needed to have accomplished, it needed a few more days. Yeah. And yeah. so, for whatever it's worth, I think oh, wow. I've just recently had a, an encounter with an angel. Oh, Laverne, thank you. So, that's, that just fits exactly what I think God sends angels for. You were alone, and you needed someone. And, and there wasn't anybody there that you knew or trusted, but then God sent someone. And it was a horrible yeah. 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 Thanks so much. What a, what a thank you, Laverne, for sharing that. Wow. Good. Art, do you want to add anything to that? Or what, what, why did you say you see that? She said it all. Yeah, okay. Okay. You have seen that happen in other situations. Wow. Well, for the last year, he's been like an angel to us in the yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you two been married? Just a year. Just a year. And probably... <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Way to go, Art. <laughs> good, thanks. Okay, in back... Uh, who is this back here? Uh, the one from Portland, Maine. Oh, yeah. It's Jim. <laughs> yes, thank yeah. you. 
Ah, I'll give you the answer without the reasons. I think it's just um, um, sons of God is people who are following God, uh, and the daughters of men were human beings who were not following. They were the they were um, unbelieving. So I think it was believing husbands and unbelieving wives, uh, and no and no angels involved. But. People differ on that passage a lot. And I, that, I did a lot of research in kind of Jewish literature. Not that that solves the problem. I'll tell about that more next week. And uh, I found 18 comments on that in Jewish literature after the time of the Old Testament. Nine of them thought these were human beings, and nine of them thought they were angels. They wouldn't make consensus. And, uh, I've got, and some people think that sons of God means human princes or government officials. Um, We'll go into it in more detail, but I don't think it's angels or demons. But some people do, but I don't think so. so. <laughs> Wayne, for the benefit of our guest uh, who won't be here next week, they can download your messages from ah. www.scottsdalebible.com. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, so you can listen. Even from Maine. Good. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, D, our relationship to angels. This is kind of, okay, what should we do? We should be aware of angels in our daily lives. Though we do not ordinarily or see or hear evidence of this heavenly worship, <clears throat> it en- enrich- enriches our sense of reverence. Every once in a while, when you're in the middle of the church service, just think, you know, there are probably angels up and down the aisle here worshiping with us that we don't see. And it makes makes more real the fact that, uh, that we're in the presence of, of God and, and angelic beings who are worshiping God. And that's what should be happening in the universe. Hebrews 12, 22 to 23, talking to Christians. You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. There's a great heavenly assembly that we join when we, when we even in the next hour now, go to uh, join with God's people in singing praise. Angels can sometimes take human form to make, quote, inspection visits. Hebrews 13.2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And I've read of a number of stories that seem believable to me. Laverne's story seems exactly true and right, and it happened, and, and we know Laverne, and it's just, wow, amazing. Um, and uh, so, um, from time to time, um, this will happen. And, um, or showing kindness to someone uh, in need, or something like that, and there it's, it's God just putting an angel there. And here's Abraham uh, lifting up his eyes, and three men were standing in front of him, and and he ran and, and then prepared food for them, and it turns out it was the Lord and two angels with him. Angels can so- suddenly deliver from danger or distress. Daniel 6.22, Daniel said, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and the lions have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. 
And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Or here's Peter in prison. Behold, Acts 12, 7 to 11. An angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. <clears throat> he struck Peter on the side and woke him. Get up quickly. Um, and uh, Peter went out and he didn't even know that it was real. He thought it was, uh, it was a dream or a vision and until he got out of the prison. Um, and then Peter says in verse 11, Now I'm sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. In fact, the Bible says God's going to give us angels to protect us. So Psalm 91, 11 to 12, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And, <clears throat> you know, a couple of times I've wondered if that hasn't happened. I remember I was driving in Illinois one day and uh, came to a slippery spot and I needed to slow down and the car just started skidding. It was going right toward a light pole and it, it must have been that far away from it and it just turned... The car just turned <laughs> and missed the light pond, didn't hit it. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what happened. Or when I was... Now, I learned to swim when I was 11. I went to Boy Scout camp for, my, for the first time. Because this is Wisconsin, in northern Wisconsin. And you don't have... I mean, you get two or three warm days a year. But it's not like <laughs> Phoenix. I'm exaggerating. But anyway, uh, um, but when I was... Um, I don't know, eight or nine or something, ten. Uh, my next door neighbor, Dick, and I, my good friend, we were sledding down this river bank, and then we'd turn aside at the last. Our parents didn't know we were doing this, but it was this great sled run. You know, these old sleds that have the steel runners on it? And, and we'd turn aside. And one time, I don't know, I just didn't turn aside. I just went straight right out onto the ice of the Chippewa River, and then there was about, you know, th this much ice, and then. Powell. It was the river that it was. It never froze over parts of it because it was so fast in the in the winter, and um, so I fell fell through the ice, and put and just kind of put my foot down, and there was a rock there, and I I stood out, climbed out onto the ice, and ran home. And of course, my mother was terrified. I was, my snow pants were all just dripping wet from the cold. Now, I don't know, but that very spot where I put my foot down, I fished in. A whole lot all summer long. And I didn't know there was any rock there. But I put my foot down on the rock and got out. And I was that an angel kind of going like this here. Wayne. <laughs> I don't know. But here I am today. <laughs> so I'm thankful. I don't know. He'll command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up. Lest you strike your foot against a stone. Uh, Trent, this is not clicking for some reason. You just go to the next slide. So, um, we should beware of receiving false doctrine from angels. Uh, that is, if they teach anything contrary to Scripture, Paul says, even if an angel from heaven preaches to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. Any supernatural being that seems awesome but says something contrary to Scripture, don't believe it, because the Bible is our test. And then uh, there's a story in 1 Kings 13 about someone being, you know, said an angel appeared to him and he deceived the man. We shouldn't worship or pray to or seek angels, Colossians 2.18. And Sandy, this gets into a little bit about what you're talking about. Uh, people in Colossae were in danger of being misled by people who preached worship of angels. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the, man, the man Christ Jesus. And so 
And so we don't worship angels. We don't uh, bow down before them. In Revelation 22, 8, uh, the angel rebukes John and says, don't do that. Don't bow down before me. Worship God. Do angels appear to people today? Well, I suppose I've answered that uh, several times already in what we've said. There's no strong reason to rule this out, so yes, I think they do. Uh, there are many examples of script, uh, in Scripture of angels appearing to people. Acts 8, 26 to Philip, Acts 10, 3 to 6 to Cornelius, and other uh, times, Hebrews 13, 2, some have entertained angels unaware. Be cautious if they say or t- teach something contrary to Scripture. They're not from God. Uh, but angels can appear to us and say, you did the right thing. And then I think we should just thank God for that and say, Lord, you, you intervened here in a way that we don't know. And then she was gone, disappeared. All right. Anything else? Last, one last chance. Is there something urgent, John? Oh, okay, people, okay, I didn't have it in here. Yeah, people say a family member died and is now an angel in heaven. I do not think people become angels. And I would look at that passage in Hebrews that distinguishes innumerable angels in festal gathering from the spirits of the just made perfect. So I think that people, when they die, become spirits without bodies until the resurrection day. Uh, But I don't think they become angels. Okay. Good. Well, I said we'd sing all four verses this week, so let's do that. I think we, it's 9.17, we're going to push it to 9.20, but I think we'll be okay. Oh, Lord God, we give you thanks. We thank you for the unbelievable wonder of your creation, and that there is much more than we see, and that you've created these spiritual beings who minister for us to help and encourage and protect and strengthen us and to, and to glorify you. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you that this is real and that your word teaches on it. Help us this week, above all, to trust in you more, to worship you more fully with our hearts. Amen. See you next week.